Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, News Talk 1130 WISN presents Conservative Thought, Not Just Talk. This is the Dan O'Donnell Show. Let's get right down to business, shall we? The Spring Green Cash Contest word of the hour is win. Text it to 200-200 between now and 10 o'clock to win $1,000 cash instantly. If you enter the contest, you'll receive a confirmation text. Standard data and message rates may apply. Text the word WIN to 200-200. And all we do on WISN is win seven winners already in this nationwide contest. Even though there are 850 radio stations playing this thing in our iHeart family, it seems as though WISN is the only one. We've already had seven winners in just three days. The first three days of playing this contest, we have generated an astounding, a truly astounding seven different winners. Three on the Jay Weber Show, two in back-to-back hours on the Mark Belling Late Afternoon Show yesterday, one on my program, one on Vicky's program, and you know there's an informal competition among us hosts. We all want to have the most winners. We all want to reward our listeners for listening to us. I think we need to get a couple more winners. So text the word WIN right now, 200-200. You get instantly $1,000 cash if uh, your text is picked at random. Be by your phone, by the way, at 10 o'clock. If you get a call from iHeartMedia, you won. Big ruling in Milwaukee County, uh, Milwaukee Federal Court, I should say, the Eastern District of Wisconsin. It is not a total ruling, but it is a relatively small preliminary victory For the family of Dontre Hamilton, federal judge J.P. Stadmuller ruled on one of the claims presented by the family of Hamilton that his constitutional rights were violated when Milwaukee police officer Christopher Manny patted him down before a confrontation in Red Arrow Park almost three years ago to the day. It was April 30th, 2014. Hard to believe it was that long ago already. The ruling... Now, there are still three other parts of this that need to go before a federal jury. And those questions are whether Manny unlawfully detained Dontre Hamilton, whether he used excessive force against Hamilton... And whether the city of Milwaukee failed to properly train Christopher Manning. But on one of the four key claims, a federal judge has ruled in favor of the Hamilton family. That, in fact, the pat-down was unlawful. And it violated Hamilton's constitutional rights. 
Here's where things get interesting. And here is where Milwaukee's mayor, Tom Barrett, its police chief, Edward Flynn, and its fire and police commission need to learn a very valuable lesson. That when you jump to fire somebody in order to appease a mob, it may end up biting you in the rear end years down the line. Because in making his ruling yesterday, Judge Statmuller ruled that we didn't need to relitigate the question of whether the pat-down was unlawful and violated constitutional rights because, look, the Milwaukee Police Department already determined that it was improper. They fired this officer over that. Look, when the officer appealed to the Milwaukee County Circuit Court, Judge Richard Sankovitz ruled that this was an unlawful pat-down. Remember, this was the first time in the history of the Milwaukee Police Department that an officer had ever been fired for this sort of violation. First time ever in the more than 100 years of the Milwaukee Police Department. 130 years, I think it was instituted in like the 1880s or something like that. Christopher Manny was the very first officer ever to be fired. Now, remember... This led to a no-confidence vote against Chief Flynn. It was something like 99.3% or whatever it was. Officers voted that they had no confidence in Chief Flynn. So what happens? The city gives Flynn another contract. Oh, okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. What happened here? The federal court seized on the city of Milwaukee's own rash ruling that was designed to placate the angry Black Lives Matter demonstrators, who you'll remember were so outraged about the Dontre Hamilton shooting that they did nothing from April 30th until exactly August 12th of 2014. Want to know why on that day? Actually, I take that back. It might have been August 8th. They did not protest until after the Michael Brown shooting in Ferguson, Missouri. So there was no outrage for four months. Yet all of a sudden, all of these angry people in unison start crying about poor Dontre. Now, for those who don't remember the story, poor Dontre was a deeply disturbed human being who actually managed to grab officer Manny's baton and started viciously beating Manny. I was the only one who was able to interview Manny after this happened. During that interview, you know what he showed me? The scars from where Dontre Hamilton bit him. Two years later, he still had scars. Now think about that for a second. That's how vicious Hamilton was. Manny ended up shooting 14 times in self-defense. This was supposedly evidence that Manny was a racist who was just out to kill an innocent black man. Well, when the evidence was presented, 14 times a gun was fired. It was 1.5, 1.6 seconds. And you have to remember that someone who is not all there especially, but someone pumped up on that much adrenaline as Dontre Hamilton, when he was attacking Manny, 
is it going to just go down? I mean, we have this this misconception about how the 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 reaction of a body is when it's shot from movies and TV, right? You get shot in the chest in a movie. Oh, you go down, you lie down, you de- you're dead, right? That's what Westerns taught us. It doesn't work like that. It takes, unless you have a shot to the head or a shot right to the heart that penetrates the rib cage and just stops the heart instantly, you're not going to get instant death. In fact, a lot of times, even when you're shot center mass, it takes a couple of minutes for the body to even recognize how badly it's been hurt or the organs to be so badly damaged that they start to shut down and and stop somebody from continuing to attack. So it was perfectly reasonable. And in fact, there was nothing wrong with the shooting itself. But the federal court is potentially putting the city of Milwaukee on the hook for a multi, multi, multi multi-million dollar settlement or judgment with the Hamilton family because of the city of Milwaukee's politically correct insistence on firing Christopher Manny, even though it knew he deserved nothing more than a warning. I love this when liberals get their just desserts because virtue signaling and the placation of politically correct Black Lives Matter protesters actually interferes with their ability to govern. And unfortunately, the taxpayers in the city of Milwaukee are going to bear some of this burden. Now, the insurance uh, for the city is going to cover uh, this judgment. But this is going to impair the city of Milwaukee's ability to govern. If it's paying millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, its insurance rates are going to go up. It's going to hurt taxpayers. This is what I talk about, and this is what I mean when I say liberals should not be allowed to govern. (laughs) They're simply incompetent. So what did we have here in Milwaukee in, in 2014? We had a mob that was very patient. Because it wasn't until hands up, don't shoot became a national rallying cry that the mob here in Milwaukee realized, oh my God, hey, we had an officer involved shooting a couple of months ago. Let's go protest that. Never mind that everyone in the world understood that there was nothing wrong with Manny's actions. Never mind that even the Hamilton family initially said, yeah, we have questions, but we think This is an issue with Dontre's mental health, and we just want to know what happened. It only was after the Michael Brown shooting in Missouri that the Hamilton family started, and Nate Hamilton in particular, started screaming about this racist cop and all of this nonsense. And that's key, because they weren't outraged by the shooting initially. There weren't marches in the streets initially. It was this broad astroturf nonsense that rose up out of the lie of hands up, don't shoot. The lie that founded the Black Lives Matter movement. And people who should have known better than to give in to a crowd chanting not we want Barabbas like they did this week a few thousand years ago, but we want Christopher Manny. I just find it hilariously ironic that now, a few years later, 
that decision is going to be one of the more costly the city of Milwaukee has had to pay. And oh, by the way, there was nothing wrong with this pat down. This is what people have to understand. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. I don't believe that Manny should have even been disciplined for it. The issue is that that Manny patted down Dontre Hamilton illegally or unlawfully, incorrectly, in violation of police department standards and procedures. Because he had no reason to believe that Dontre Hamilton posed a threat other than the fact that he thought Dontre was mentally ill or homeless. He didn't have what's known as reasonable suspicion, right? Wrong. He did. And this has been overlooked since the moment this shooting happened. When Dontre Hamilton was sleeping on that park bench in front of that Starbucks, he was breaking the law. Did you know that? Milwaukee Ordinance 47.25. No person shall sleep or camp or lodge in any park or parkway except in such places as designated for such purposes as overnight or tourist or trailer camps. The penalty for violating this is a fine of between $10 and $200 and potentially 90 days in jail. This wasn't a crime per se, but it was a violation of the law. That combined with what Manny described as Hamilton's thousand-yard stare, his testimony that Hamilton was fidgeting in his pockets and was wearing a very bulky coat, even though it was quite warm out on April 30th, 2014, gives reasonable suspicion that someone has a shiv, that someone potentially has a gun. The other thing you have to think about this is in order to get an award for damages, in order to get whatever it is the Hamilton family is asking for, and I'm assuming it's $11 billion, they have to prove that there was was some damage that resulted from the pat-down because you would immediately say, well, the penalty was the loss of Hamilton's life, right? Well, wrong. Because the shooting was justified. So if the shooting was justified, what was the harm, the provable damage to the pat-down? The pat-down led to Hamilton's actions, which was immediately becoming violent, attacking Manny, grabbing his baton, and beating him with it. But that is irrelevant that the pat-down started that because the shooting was justified. You see where I'm going with this. This is the fundamental problem that the city of Milwaukee has put itself in. Because now it's trying to claim that, well, well, the city, the, the shooting was just fine. We don't have any liability here because the shooting was just fine. Well, at the same time, they're trying to say that Manny is, by the way, appealing his decision. He doesn't want his job back. But he wants his name cleared by the Milwaukee Police Department. He wants an admission that he did nothing wrong. So he's appealing this decision. City of Milwaukee is claiming that because this appeal is still pending, well, the matter isn't resolved. You see, the federal judge said 
No, this matter is resolved. It's We don't need to relitigate this. City of Milwaukee, you already admitted that your officer did something wrong, that he violated Dontre Hamilton's civil rights. City of Milwaukee now all of a sudden, after this high-profile star chamber of a fire and police commission hearing in which it said, Christopher Manny is the worst police officer that we have seen in quite some time. Now they're trying to say, no, no, no. Manny acted just fine. Maybe, maybe this is a lesson, an abject lesson in why governments should never bow to the whims of an angry mob. Just maybe. Trial, by the way, set to begin May 15th. You're listening to The Dan O'Donnell Show. Conservative thought, not just talk. This is the Dan O'Donnell Show. On News Talk 1130 WISN. It is the start of Easter weekend. I am Dan O'Donnell on this holy Thursday. I'll be here on Good Friday tomorrow and all next week. Kids are off for Easter break. But I'll still be here. We'll probably still do some fun stuff with the kiddos next week. And I hope everybody is going to have a joyous and blessed Easter this week. And I love Easter. I always loved Easter as a kid. We always did the uh, the um, Easter egg hunt at uh, Whitnell Middle School. And I always loved it when I was a kid because... They hit all the regular eggs, and they had some plastic eggs filled with candy. But if you got a silver egg, it was 50 cents. And if you got a gold egg, it was big money. It was a dollar. (laughs) See, you thought you were rich if you found the gold egg. You're like, oh, my goodness, all the stuff I could buy with this. And even in the mid-'90s or early-'90s, when I was a kid looking for Easter eggs, a dollar didn't buy you much. I remember the first time I thought I was rich, though. First time I thought, oh, my God, I have made it. I am going to retire. I was like 10, 11 years old. And I was biking on Root River Parkway in Whitnell Park. And someone had dropped a wad of cash. And I looked down. I was on my bike. And I couldn't believe my fortune. I could not believe how much money was there just for the taking. I looked around to see if it could be anybody. There was nobody there. Nobody there. This was my money. And I thought, I am loaded. It was $16. <laughs> I still remember this because I, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much money. But to a 10-year-old, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. Then again, my my 9-year-old is saving up for a Nintendo Switch. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Those things are like 300 bucks. And he's referring to Easter as Nintendo Switch Day. Okay, he's calling it Switch Day. Not that he expects the Easter Bunny to bring him a Nintendo Switch, but this is how my kid's little mind works. He is anticipating, and I suppose this is good math skills for him, he is anticipating the amount of Easter money that he is going to get from his grandparents and my mom's boyfriend, who usually gives him some money at at Easter, combined with all of the money he has already saved up, right? And he thinks, okay, I am going to have more than $300. But he asked me last night, he said, Daddy, if I buy a Nintendo Switch, can you buy a game for me? <laughs> wow. He's, already, he's, he's thinking ahead. ahead. I'm telling you, I am actually really proud of that. It's like critical thinking. You know what that is? Upsale. That I'm actually proud. Yeah, the upsell. Well, it's. It, it, I think this is the first Nintendo system that doesn't come with a game. And everybody wants this new Legend sure. of Zelda game. The Legend of Zelda game is like huge. Uh, both of my brothers-in-law are playing it, right? My My sons are obsessed with this Zelda game. We were in the Dells this past weekend with the boy's uncle, with my brother-in-law. And he brought the Nintendo Switch because it's this video game that it's a console system, you know, like the old Nintendo. But it's also like a tablet that you can play the exact same games on the tablet that you play on your TV at home. So he's playing it. And the boys were just obsessed. When they got a chance to play, they'd play and they were fighting. We had to set a timer to limit the amount of time that they could play. And then when Uncle Jeffrey was playing. They were looking right over his shoulder. It's so funny. We got a picture of him sitting in this chair in the Dells at one of these big condos at the Wilderness Lodge. And the boys are on either side, like sitting on top of the thing, just watching him. And then my niece was sitting watching this tiny little screen, him playing Legend of Zelda. But I love this because not that, you know, my kid's obsessed with video games, but what it is, what's he doing? He's planning. He's been saving his money for doing chores and from birthdays and Christmas for something he really wants, and he's anticipating the cost of something. You know, he understands that money has value, and if he spends his money on little things like candy, he's not going to be able to save up for the big thing. I think there's a metaphor in there for saving for retirement. That if you spend money on the little toys, yeah, for sure, you know, like the Corvette when you're 45 years old, well, that might impact your ability to have the big prize, which is retirement at 65 or thereabouts. Now, I'm a talk show host, and I could be making $25 million a year. I'm not. Spoiler alert. Nobody ever retires at 65. Have you noticed this, Armin, in talk radio? I'm still... Once you said $25 million, I, my everything got cloudy and <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, because you'd be coming with me. Wait, what? You'd be like my Bo Snurdly if I ever if I ever made it. That's fine. Um, I'm good with that. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming Snurdly makes more than a million bucks a year. His real name's James Golden, by the way. And this, I, I always love this about Rush Limbaugh. Little inside radio here. This yeah. is inside radio. His his producer and his his best friend, Bo Snurdly, 
like his his really good friend, Snurdly, the guy who's been with him for all 28, 29 years since he's been syndicated, is a black man. The big racist Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, no one realizes that, right? Top lieutenant is a black guy. And a real conservative. He's a fun guy to follow, by the way, on uh, on Twitter, too. Tweets out some interesting stuff. Anyway, I did actually have an actual topic here. And it's one that I kind of want your input on. What is the big story that's been dominating headlines across Wisconsin for like the last week? Where in the world is Joseph Jakubowski? If you're in for Easter break, you're not from here, and you need a quick refresher on the story. Joseph Jakubowski wrote a 161-page manifesto to President Trump. I love how it's being called an anti-government manifesto. We had part of it leaked to today's TMJ4 yesterday. It sounds like your typical lefty tripe. Jakubowski, by the way, did sign the Governor Walker recall. He's a liberal. But, of course, anti-government. They want us to think right-winger, right? They want us to think that Joseph Jakubowski is is one of these anti-government, extreme, far-right kooks. No, he's very obviously politically liberal. Did his politics motivate him? Sure seems like that, but we're not talking about whether this militaristic rhetoric on the left is fueling liberal hatred. Was it uh, Der Kommissar? There was a, a magazine in Germany, and I believe there was another one in Ireland which actually had graphic images of Trump being assassinated. There's one, this Irish magazine actually had a gun to Trump's head, and it, the headline was, why not? It was essentially making a case for assassinating President Trump. Now, this stuff is blasted all over the media, and all of this violent rhetoric, we need to take Trump out. Trump, the resistance. I mean, the, 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 the Democrat Party is branding itself the resistance. Now, what is this What is this conjure up? That Trump is some evil tyrant. So a mentally ill psychopath like Joseph Jakubowski, is he going to be influenced by this stuff? I mean, we had how many weeks worth of discussion about whether awful conservative rhetoric motivated Jared Lee Loeffner to shoot and injure Congresswoman Gabby Giffords in Arizona. It turns out the guy's just a psychopath. Well, this guy, Jakubowski, wrote a left-wing manifesto. We know what motivated him. It's his liberal politics. Yet, no, 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 this isn't symptomatic. This isn't symptomatic of the toxic rhetoric of the left. can never be that. But I don't care so much about that because you know we're never going to have that discussion about whether increasingly extreme and increasingly violent liberal rhetoric is motivating psychos. I want to know where the hell is this guy? We have heard hide nor hair of him since last week when he mailed this manifesto, then robbed a gun store in Janesville, and burned his own car out in the parking lot. There's been no report of Jakubowski stealing a car. However, in the video that was released of him dropping off his manifesto in the mailbox... And, of course, this nut just sounds like a typical Wisconsin. For those who are about to get this manifesto, you better read it. I mean, he just sounds like a complete and total toolbox. Better read it. Here we go. It's D-Day. 
I'd still be shocked if the FBI had trouble finding this guy, but we haven't heard anything. They yet. haven't. I know. I mean, he he seems like he's kind of a stupid, you know, right. guy. And if you look, at- he doesn't seem like a criminal mastermind. The, exactly. The, Ted Kaczynski. This guy is not. All right. He's not mailing letter bombs from a, a shack in Montana. But where is he? Where do you think Jakubowski is? 799-1130-1800-838-9476. The Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin toll-free line. DOD at Newstalk1130.com. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Facebook, at Dan O'Donnell Show. Where is Joseph Jakubowski? Our news anchor, Ken Herrera, is floating an interesting theory. He's dead. That's why nobody has found a trace of him. That he's killed himself already. That he either thought better of acting out on his uh, threat and his body is lying somewhere in the woods or somewhere in a body of water. I don't know. If he was on foot, he wouldn't have gotten that far. You assume that they would have searched every bit of woods high and low for where this guy is, right? But then again... And I, I saw a criminologist, criminal profiler, said, well, he's likely he's likely going to the East Coast. He is likely going somewhere uh, closer to Washington, D.C. Doesn't have a car. Or does he? This is the real interesting thing. And when he when he mailed that manifesto, he wasn't filming himself. There was another guy who is holding the... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Phone. And, of course, these two bumbling idiots, they can't figure out... <laughs> How to get video on the phone. It's this 15-minute video. And for the first, like, five or six minutes, it's just totally black. And you can hear these idiots. And one of them goes, uh, how come I can't see anything on your phone, Joe? <laughs> and they shot it vertically. They, yes, they did shoot it vertically. 2017. Can we shoot landscape finally, oh, please? God, these two morons. <laughs> well, that's why I, you I, know what this that's is? That's why i shocked. Oh, this is the Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey of <laughs> interstate crime sprees. But ser- I am dead serious. Where do you think this guy is? Is he still in the state? Is he still in the area? Is he still alive? 799-1130-1800-838-9476. You're listening to The Dan O'Donnell Show. Wouldn't it be nice to be a politician? Raising your own salary? Getting a full... News Talk 1130 WISN. You're listening to the Dan O'Donnell Show. A lot of speculation that Joseph Jakubowski is either dead or for some reason in the UP. Armin says this was a common theme of our callers, uh, primarily because he sounds like he's from the UP. <laughs> we were... And I know I shouldn't be making fun of him because he's a dangerous fugitive, right? <laughs> but I'm sorry. It just 
Revolution. It's time for change. Well, you could get lost up north pretty easily. I mean, even Al Capone had to hide out up north in Wisconsin. He could. Uh, we've got a Facebook message here from Tom. Hey, Dan, this crazy guy is either dead or hunkered down in a pre-selected location and probably has an accomplice that's a lot of equipment to haul around. Yeah, this guy basically stole half of a gun store. He robbed an Armageddon gun shop in Janesville and then burned out his car and took off. And he hasn't been seen since. Now, there are 150 to 160 active tips for this guy. There have been more than 500 tips received, $20,000 reward from the FBI. By the way, we should mention that his picture is everywhere. It's now being posted on places where they sell lottery tickets, so gas stations, convenience stores, and that sort of thing. His picture is on billboards. My gut says he's out of the state. He's he's clearly got an accomplice. He has got a vehicle. They likely would have found him in the immediate vicinity of Janesville if he was on foot. That's why, Ron and Mequon, you're absolutely correct about what the FBI probably has already done. Uh, but you're on WISN. How you doing, Ron? Yeah, I think he burned his car because the fingerprints of his buddy are in the car. You know? Well, certainly his fingerprints, but yeah. we need to know what, who this buddy is, right? Yeah, and this he's is the—he's a goofball. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, he is, but he's also aiding and abetting a very dangerous yeah. human being. The yeah. buddy who was filming Jakubowski when he was uh, delivering his manifesto at the at the post office—who is this guy? The guy who is who is saying, "All right, it's D Day. Here you go, Joe. You're dropping off the manifesto." I mean, what a couple of bumbling morons these guys sounded like in that video. I'm sorry. Um, we need to know who this guy is. It's it's surprising to me, though, that we don't already know who it is since the video was released, obviously, in an effort to identify this guy or to get somebody to recognize Jakubowski's voice, that we don't have an ID of this dude. That's actually kind of stunning to me. That we don't know who this accomplice is, either that or we do, and investigators talked to him already, determined that he wasn't actively aiding and abetting a wanted man, but really just helped Joe deliver this manifesto because he's his buddy, didn't realize what Jakubowski was going to do, and then that was the end of his contact with him. But it just is is very interesting to me that we have... We have seen hide nor hair of this guy since he destroyed his own car, although that probably does make him a lot tougher. Now, it's also possible that he took a friend's car or a family member's car, and I know all of this has been investigated already. This is why it's so bizarre that we haven't been given a vehicle description and if he was on foot, he couldn't have made it very far at all. Unless he's like Forrest Gump running back and forth throughout the continental United States. You can't go very far on foot. And you certainly can't go far without somebody noticing you. Now, I don't know how this will end. And I'm fearful that if he's not already dead, which is entirely likely, by the way, that he killed himself already. And we just haven't found his body yet. 
I am fearful that this will have a bad ending because he's highly armed. He is obviously very dangerous and he has said that he wants to commit acts of violence. So my prayer is that this somehow comes to a peaceful resolution. And honestly, my, my, my prayer is that he's honestly, I think the best outcome is that he's dead already. Because I don't see this guy going peacefully. All right, 9.53, News Talk 1130, WISN. When we come back, your next word of the hour to win $1,000 instantly in the Spring Green Cash Contest. Listen for that. Plus, we have got tickets to give away to Zootastic. It is an event at the Milwaukee County Zoo later this month. Listen for that next hour right here on the Dan O'Donnell Show. Now. Conservative thought, not just talk. This is the Dan O'Donnell Show on News Talk 1130 WISN. All right, here we go. Time to play again the Spring Green Cash Contest. We need a winner, folks. It has been almost 15 hours since WISN has generated a winner in this nationwide cash contest. The text-in word of this hour. You have until 11 o'clock to text the word BILLS to 200-200 and a chance to win $1,000 in cash instantly. Text the word BILLS, B-I-L-L-S, to 200-200. Pay my telephone bills. Pay my automobiles with $1,000 Instantly, if you enter the context, uh, contest, I should say, you will receive a confirmation text. Standard message and data rates apply. Bill O'Reilly, under fire at Fox News. You know who is the happiest person in the world that Bill O'Reilly is the subject of social media scorn? Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer, of course, saying that Hitler never used chemical weapons. By the way, this is the phoniest bit of outrage. I think Rush was talking about this a little bit yesterday. That there was no outrage in the press briefing room when Spicer said this. That the reporter who asked the question said, uh, do you want to rephrase that? Everyone with a brain knows exactly what Spicer was talking about. Hitler didn't use chemical weapons. Now, the fact that Spicer also had a brain fart and couldn't remember the word concentration camp, but instead said Holocaust Center, everybody knew what he meant, that Hitler wasn't dropping uh, chemical weapons on Poland. He wasn't using sarin gas in the bombing of London. He was using gas, yes, But this is what Spicer was saying, that this is truly unique in the history of the world, really, that pestilence has been weaponized by the Assad government. But didn't matter. Social media mob pounced, fueled, of course, by liberal talking points. So the happiest person in the world over Bill O'Reilly, Sean Spicer. You know who the happiest over Sean Spicer was? 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. United Airlines. You know who the happiest over United Airlines was? Pepsi. Everybody needs to take their turn being the subject of social media outrage. Andy Warhol famously said... In the future, everyone will be famous for 15 minutes. I'm going to alter that a little bit. In the future, everyone will be mocked on social media for 15 minutes. This is the Dan O'Donnell Warholism. In the future, everyone will be mocked and bullied on social media for 15 minutes. It's sort of like... um, What was it in 1984 in the Orwell novel? The seven minutes hate. You remember that? Where you have to go through, you have to sit up there and everybody basically just throws insults. It's a way, it's a control mechanism, right? The seven minutes hate. You had to just take this invective and this abuse. Isn't this sort of like what we're getting to on social media? That everybody, and if you dare to defend Bill O'Reilly or Sean Spicer, or United Airlines, or Pepsi, or Cosmopolitan, another one. Cosmopolitan (laughs) sent out a tweet, and it was, this woman lost 44 pounds without diet and exercise. And it turns out her secret for weight loss was getting cancer. Obviously an incredibly stupid thing. But Cosmopolitan, you know, did a stupid tweet. Or was it GQ? I think it was Cosmo. I'm telling you, everybody, and it's just, it's it's stupidity. It's a moment's worth of stupidity. And like the woke Pepsi ad. I mean, <laughs> it was just, it was poorly constructed and it was worthy of mocking. But you've got a Twitter mob. You've got a social media mob now that is just out for blood. And even if you defend any of these entities or any of these people, then you yourself are opening yourself up for mocking, for ridicule, and for online bullying. I find it fascinatingly ironic that the same people, the same liberals who have this crusade against bullying in all of its forms, right? Oh, now the new outrage. How did I forget? The new outrage. Survivor last night is either... I don't even know what night Survivor's on. So there's this very popular candidate, or candidate, um, contestant, contestant. Oh, no. Everybody is going to mock me on Twitter for saying candidate instead of contestant. 
this this very popular contestant named Zeke was outed as being transsexual by a competitor. And it was a way they go to this tribal council at the end to try to vote somebody off the island. So this guy says, you can't trust Zeke. He's dishonest. Did you know he was born a woman? And of course, this is, whoa, hey, uh. And Zeke, to his credit, said, you know, this is terrible. I I don't want to be known as the transsexual guy. I want to be known as a good competitor. And it's actually kind of a cool story about this cat, Zeke. He was really depressed after the sex change surgery, which, by the way, nobody tells you about that the mental health, the mental problems associated with transgenderism. And now here's another one. I said transsexual. Will I be the target of a social media mob because it's actually transgender? I get it confused. Is it transsexual or transgender? Whatever it is. So he was talking about how he was so depressed after this and, and he he was just not feeling great. He was not in a good place. And he signs up for Survivor a few years ago. This is his second time on the show. They bring people back on this show. It's like all-star casts and whatever. And he signed up for Survivor, and he did very well, and it gave, them, it gave him this confidence boost, and he really enjoyed it. And to his credit, he wasn't out there saying, I'm transgender, vote for me because I stand for trans empowerment. He just wanted to like be any normal contestant. He just wanted to be treated like any normal dude on Survivor. And this jag outs him, which, by the way, is pretty uncool. In fact, it's really uncool. But he's another one. I don't even remember the guy's name who outed him. Shows how much I watched Survivor. It could have been Jeff Probst for all I know. I I have no idea. No, it was a contestant. It wasn't Probst. But so now this guy is the target of the social media mob. And it's just an interesting commentary on society. But what I find most fascinating, the absolute most fascinating thing in the world, is that the same liberals who abhor bullying, Bullying is the worst sin that one could commit. Have no problem bullying Sean Spicer, bullying Pepsi, not joking around with them, not making fun of an admittedly stupid commercial, but saying, how dare you appropriate Black Lives Matter themes? It's perfectly acceptable. If I were to say something stupid, I guarantee there would be people online trying to bully me. And it's this unfortunate side effect how in society, mores and norms are now enforced by a mob of anonymous people on Twitter and Facebook. This is one of the most profound shifts in society that I think any of us have seen in at least the last 20 years. I dare say this is a far bigger cultural phenomenon than anyone wants to give credit to. And it doesn't just happen on on this massive worldwide scale where the target is an international corporation like Pepsi or like United Airlines or an international figure like Sean Spicer. But it happens, uh, online bullying is constant. And it, it seems to happen... Uh, I was talking to Vicki McKenna a couple days ago, and she was telling me about how a friend of hers, her daughter, was just horribly bullied. And it happens because people feel more empowered when they're slightly anonymous or totally anonymous. That's the thing about Twitter. You can be 
anybody. Facebook, too. You can come up with a fake profile. I actually had to shut down a, a Twitter impersonator. Someone just took my bio, took my picture. It was what happened is it was a bot. It was uh, an automatic thing. It was just a randomly generated Twitter handle that just appropriated. And I think they just target uh, verified accounts. And then they start following people who follow me in an effort to kind of like, hey, check this link out. It's a phishing scam. It's basically a big phishing scam. So I had to report that to Twitter. But you can do all this stuff anonymously. And there's no fear of any social consequence or legal consequence or any consequence to you because of this sort of veneer of anonymity. And it's just it's it's a it's a fascinating phenomenon that I've kind of been watching for a long time now, really since the rise of social media. I'll go back to what would you say, Armin, 2009, 2010 is when everybody started to get on Facebook, when Facebook expanded beyond just college students. Because remember, the early days of Facebook, you had to have a college email address. You had to have like a .edu email address to even sign up. Then in like 08, 09, something like that, it opened up to everybody. And that was probably the dawn of the social media age. Sure, there was MySpace and Friendster and this stuff before it, but it was really the rise of Facebook Then that same year, I think Twitter came out right around that same time. So about six, seven years now, we're dealing with this new reality and we're dealing with this new enforcement by mob. We're all sort of living in fear of the mob, aren't we? We all sort of self-police what we say, what we do online. And for us, Armin, for those of us who have very public careers, it's sort of walking a tightrope every single day. Because if I say the wrong thing or there's there's a group citizen action of Wisconsin, they record pretty much everything we say just looking for something to be outraged by. <laughs> Imagine how pathetic you have to be, by the way, to do that. Like Media Matters for America, they record every second of the Rush Limbaugh show and they just try to parse it looking for something hateful, looking for something to make a big deal out of. This is exactly what they did with Sean Spicer because there wasn't that initial outrage. It took a few hours before all of a sudden all of the Democrats – and you know something is manufactured. You know something is manufactured when Chelsea Clinton starts tweeting about it. This is the bellwether of stupid liberal fads. If Chelsea Clinton is tweeting about something, you know it's probably AstroTurf. Do people want to weigh in on this phenomenon? Just in a general sense, just how we're all beholden to an online social media mob. I guess it's the price uh, for living in a digital connected society. 799-1130, That's the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin toll free line. Email dod at newstalk1130.com. Yes, I am on social media too. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan O'Donnell Show or on Facebook, facebook.com. Slash Dan O'Donnell show rich on the Northwest side. You're on WISN. Hey, Dan, thanks for coming to work today. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I want to, I want to uh, point out how you uh, and appreciate how you so eloquently chronologically put out the lineup for the social media targets. But I'm wondering, you know, after they're calling for Sean Spicer's head, why is Susan Rice literally off the news and off the charts and never was well and this this is another byproduct of generally liberal thinking people 
controlling what we're outraged by. Susan Rice will never, ever, ever be the target of mocking for her assertion in January that we got rid of all the chemical weapons, that Barack Obama himself got rid of all chemical weapons in Syria. Never, never, never. Susan Rice engaging in questionably legal tactics of unmasking Trump team operatives under the guise of uh, a federal investigation where really this was being leaked selectively to the Washington Post and New York Times. Of course she's never going to face this score. And oh, how about this? Rich, another great example, another great example of this. How much scorn, how much hate did President Trump get when he tweeted a few weeks back, President Obama tapped my wires? Right. But right. well, we find out we find out Carter Page actually did have a FISA warrant taken out against him. He actually was wiretapped. He actually was surveilled. All right. He was he was an associate of Trump, whether or not he was an official part of the campaign. I think they cut bait with him pretty quickly. He was surveilled. Donald Trump was, for all intents and purposes, proven correct. But Trump will never be venerated. Trump will never be vindicated by the social media mob. Why is that? Tyler in Glendale, Arizona, or Glendale, Arizona, Glendale, Wisconsin, I'm assuming. You can tell I'm already thinking about going on vacation, right, Tyler? Yeah, how are you doing, Dan? Good. I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, so the left has convinced themselves that everyone on the right is a Nazi. And I know that you already know this. And, and so that. When they, I've seen this repeatedly, and, and I, I comment often on uh, Think Progress. I know you know what Think Progress. Oh yeah. Oh man, the, the, the comment section of a Think Progress article is a <laughs> graveyard. That it, is it, that is the the fever swamp of leftist mental illness. I'm telling it, you. You ever want entertainment? So yeah, Think Progress. Uh, Daily Coast is still around. That remember that old blog from the uh, from the Bush years. I, I mean, just. My God. The other one is if you want to go on Facebook for a good laugh, go to the Occupy Democrats Facebook page called Occupy Democrats. Look at some of the comments there. Oh, I, I, I absolutely agree. Well, anyway, uh, I, I, I periodically I'll comment on some of the articles and and, and they I make it a point to be as 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 polite and as, you know, unassuming and inoffensive as I possibly can, you know, more so than I usually would. And they come at me with names. They come at me with hate. They come at me. They, they accuse me of being a white guy. And I'm Hispanic myself. But they accuse me of my, my white privilege. And they, oh, yeah. they, they bling hatred. And it's like, well, I don't know why. You guys well, it's right because you, you went against the approved thought line, right? You went against the prevailing current. And because it's you arguing against a, an entire comments thread. Right. They feel that they can bully you. They feel like they can gang up on you. They feel as though you're powerless against them. And this is this look better to each other. Exactly. Exactly. They feel like they have this this power. It's another form of what I always talk about, Tyler. Thank you very much for the phone call. Hope you get out to Glendale, Arizona. It's beautiful this time of year. Uh, (laughs) This is what I always talk about when I talk about virtue signaling. And this is the key to understanding liberal thought. Liberalism isn't about being a do-gooder. And this is key. This is what you have to understand. Liberalism is about making everyone else think you're a do-gooder. It is about projecting the best 
most socially conscious, most politically correct version of yourself forward at all times possible. And social media is filled with nothing but virtue signaling. It's, oh, I just, I, I, what's a, what's a great example? I just passed a homeless man who was begging for change. And instead of giving him change, I went into Subway and got him a foot-long sub. Well, what's the point of that post? The only point of that is to show what a great person you are. It's to get likes. It's to get comments. It's to get reaction. Now, for those of you thinking, yes, I engage in the exact same thing too. It's not virtue signaling. I'll call it humor signaling. Basically, everything I post on Facebook is either a link to something I've written for Common Sense Central or a joke. It's what I do. I, I, I make jokes on the radio. I make jokes on social media. But we all, even I, am presenting the best possible version of myself. Like, we don't post our everyday interactions. Like, just walked in and talked to Armin. Right. His breath smelled. It's a highlight reel. That's exactly. what it is. That it, 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 that's it exactly. But it just, I, I really think it is altering human behavior. Totally. Alan Sherman Park, you're on WISN. How you doing, Al? You haven't called in a while. Hey, Dan. No, I've been listening and I've been on this thing about the, when when the left battles the left, that is, is even more out Oh, my goodness. Now, Al, you've <laughs> got to know this. Now, now, can I out you Certainly. as a gay black recently converted conservative because i think a lot of our listeners know you you're a regular caller uh as as a liberal but you voted for trump i you... I, I did and it was my protest vote against the left actually that because this, this whole thing has just become ridiculous um a friend of mine uh last year mary mariam uh ben shalom who fought for gay rights forever sure got kicked out of the gay pride yes she did because she is a radical feminist and they don't believe in letting transgender uh, males the females i remember that story very well al yep and this is this is something this is something too i mean like it's almost as though there's this war of the aggrieved that goes on on the left and that's why i think of you i'm like a, a gay black man so in the hierarchy of liberal victimhood does your gayness or does your blackness win out? Oh, oh trust me, uh, it doesn't win out anymore. Transgenders have now been oh, that's the... ahead of black people. <laughs> yeah, this males. is the new. I'm telling you, this is the cause celeb. This is this is it. I mean, and this is what we get to with this this victimhood culture. That it's like, and and this is all part of what I'm talking about with with the virtue signaling. That it's like, oh well, I defend transgender rights. Well, after Obergefell. And the Supreme Court decision legalizing gay marriage, well, it's sort of like, eh, well, the gay issue, we can't really make political hay out of that. What's left? Okay, the transgender issue. First, great, great. And then if you say, hey, this isn't really about transgender people using bathrooms. It's about opening up bathrooms to perverts, to perverted heterosexual men who would videotape little girls changing or going to the bathroom and giving them access and free reign to do that. But that's not an accepted politically correct. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, conditions apply. See website for details. Act statement. So what you saw, what did you see, Al, in North Carolina? North Carolina does this this bathroom bill. They, oh my God, you had the virtue signaling NCAA, the virtue signaling NBA. They took away NCAA tournament games. They took away NBA basketball games. You had companies threatening to leave North Carolina over this. And why? Why? It just, it's, it's stunning to me that these companies would go to these lengths to prove their virtue. Well, once you give in, you, it's a never-ending cycle because you'll never please the left completely because no. there's a new outrage every day. I, I would like to hit you to someone who was a former Young Turks uh, contributor, Dave Rubin. Okay. And he talks I, I think about I know this, the name, yeah. The Rubin Report. He talks yep. about oh, yeah. daily about why he left the left and, and all of these ridiculous outrages and the fascism Wait, was and he, the bullying. Was he the writer— there was a gay guy who wrote an article about leaving liberalism and how liberalism has become the ideology of bullying. And he said, I think he said he voted for Trump. Yeah, he's not the one. He's, he's still a liberal. There was another guy. Okay, Ruben still the, – the yeah. other guy, though, and I'm trying to forget. I swear the guy just followed me on Twitter, too, and I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember his name. But it was stunning. He wrote this article about the vitriol he faced – and he heard, and he said, I, "I never got any hate for being gay amongst conservatives. Not once, not a single time. But when I said I was changing my ideology, or my ideology had evolved from the accepted train of thought, that's when I got the hate." Thanks so much for the phone call, Al. Uh, we'll take some more phone calls on this because it's a fascinating topic. Seven nine nine eleven thirty one eight hundred eight three eight nine four seven six. You're listening to the Dan O'Donnell Show. So if I sounded a little distracted during that last segment, it's because I was receiving the following email. Hi, Dan. I won the text and win for your 9 o'clock hour. You're welcome. The iHeart rep was surprised I was listening from Minneapolis, where I work. I live just across the border. Have a great day. I sure am. This comes from Liz. And I went on the website where we can check such things and did see 9 a.m. Elizabeth Johnson in River Falls, Wisconsin. Listening to WISN has won $1,000 in the nationwide Spring Green Cash Contest. Elizabeth is our eighth winner in just four days of doing this contest, and you still have a chance to win up until 11 o'clock by texting the word BILLS to 200-200, B-I-L-L-S. Belling got back-to-back winners yesterday. He got a winner at 4 and a winner at 5. Let's see if you can join Elizabeth in having a great day spending $1,000 on Easter eggs. I mean, could you imagine... What kind of Fabergé eggs you could buy with a thousand dollars? Oh yeah, 
<laughs> Make your head pop off. Text the word Bills to 200 to 100. We have so much success in this contest, Dan. And just a great reminder that our listeners make this a station of powerhouse. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, I was talking in the last segment, Armin, about how I had someone uh, appropriating my Twitter account. You know how I found that out? Because a listener, also named Elizabeth, coincidentally enough, alerted me to it. She said, hey, Dan, I was so excited when I saw Dan O'Donnell followed me on Twitter, but then I looked more closely, and it wasn't you. It was an imposter. So I went to Twitter and said, look, this, this I think it was a bot. I think it was a phishing scam. Was, follow, was, was appropriating my identity and following people who followed me. So I said, you know what, Elizabeth? Alerting me to that, that is worth a follow. So I'm following her on Twitter now, and you should too. I unfortunately forget her exact Twitter handle, but it was very cool. And and these are the listeners that we have. I had a listener uh, who told me I was talking about the seven minutes hate from uh, Orwell. I got that wrong. It was the two minutes hate. Two minutes hate, which I should remember because I wrote a piece about that last year. And it's all about that same phenomenon that we just sort of get together all as a mob, all as a group, and focus our hate on one particular target. In the case of 1984, it was the resistance leader, Emmanuel Goldstein, that Big Brother wanted you to hate. Well, now we focus our two minutes hate on whatever the target happens to be, whether it's Bill O'Reilly and, and the mob now calling for him to be fired. And there is a real chance, folks, that Bill O'Reilly will not come back. He's at the Vatican right now, probably praying that his show is allowed to continue um, and he might not be back. Whether that whether the two minutes eight is focused on Pepsi for its woke ad, whether it's focused on United Airlines for beating up that passenger, or whether it's focused on Sean Spicer for his comments a couple of days ago. Now the two minutes eight. I'm telling you, this is O'Donnell's law. In the future, Everyone will be ridiculed on social media for 15 minutes. We'll call it the 15 minutes hate. I can smell a long essay coming on this. (laughs) Probably look for it. I'm already pretty checked out because it's Easter weekend. (laughs) But I do want to expound on this. 15 minutes of fame now, 15 minutes of infamy. Uh, Also want to thank Devin, loyal listener, who pointed out that the gay guy who came out as conservative, he wrote a piece on Milo Yiannopoulos for Out Magazine, and he wrote another one coming out as a conservative. His name is Chadwick Moore, and he was just met with the worst kind of vitriol. It's the same thing with Sheriff Clark. It's almost like the most intense hate. Like, they hate me. But I'm just some white dude. I'm expected to be a conservative. I'm, I'm a white guy who lives in the suburbs and has three kids and a minivan and an SUV. I am expected to be conservative, even though I'm young. My age would suggest that I'm a liberal, but I am not. A guy like Sheriff Clark, a black man, ooh, ooh they hate Clark. Vicki McKenna, another great example. A woman, ooh, She's expected to be a liberal. But now we have social media that amplifies this moral indignation. We have social media that that trains like a laser beam on one particular target for public shame. And it's just so ironic 
that the same liberals who abhor bullying in all of its forms have no problem with this bullying. Let's go to Mary in Milwaukee. Mary, you're on WISN. On one hand, you could make a joke about it. On the other hand, it's very serious. This is fascist socialist behavior being um, pushed through the Internet. Yeah, how there's only one accepted point of view? That's right. And and, uh, like Pavlov's dogs. They get people thinking in this direction. Right. And they, and they respond. Cultural, yes. They respond to like these little cues. This ideology. So this is serious what's going on and it should be noted for what it is. You know, that's an excellent point, Mary, that there is a very serious aspect to it. And don't think that the Democrat Party is not using this sort of groupthink mentality and has used this groupthink mentality to their advantage. I mean, what was Hillary Clinton's campaign about? If you had to boil down Hillary Clinton's campaign to one message, what would it be? It's her time. It's time for a woman to be president. And seeing no other honest, capable women, it's Hillary's time. That's what it was about. And even Hillary herself came out this week completely forgetting about all the Russian hacking that she's supposed to be ticked off about. And what did she say? A big reason why she lost was what? Misogyny. It has nothing to do with millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people thinking independently and supporting another candidate. Why, no, it had to be unacceptable thinking. It had to be millions upon millions of people simply couldn't handle a woman president. It's nuts. Honest to goodness, after her performance this past week, I'd take President Nikki Haley in a heartbeat. It's not President Hillary Clinton. But Mary makes a great point that the left has been able to sort of weaponize this social media shaming. You'll notice that it is never a Democrat that is the target of ridicule. And I've noticed this for years. Ever since the left made that crucial mistake with Bill Clinton back in the 90s when he became a late-night punchline, the word went down, Barack Obama is never to be mocked. Barack Obama on late-night shows on Saturday Night Live, he is always to be the cool guy above the fray. Hillary Clinton is never to be mocked. She is supposed to be the straight woman in all of these skits. She is never the target of humor. Right. Do you ever think it would have been appropriate? They have Melissa McCarthy playing Sean Spicer. It's admittedly hilarious. I mean, she does do it. The skits are very funny on SNL. Do you think it would have ever been appropriate to have a man playing Hillary Clinton? Well, back in the day, Will Ferrell played Janet Reno. What happened? What changed? You can't do that sort of thing for laughs anymore. That's inappropriate. Why? They wanted, who is the guy who played Jean-Luc Picard? Patrick Stewart. He got up in drag, and there was a picture of him for some movie role. And people noted how similar he looked to Kellyanne Conway. So there was a movement on social media to draft Patrick Stewart to play Kellyanne Conway on Saturday Night Live. Is that appropriate? 
to to make fun of Kellyanne Conway because she looks like Patrick Stewart in drag wouldn't have been appropriate for Hillary Clinton. Why is it appropriate for her, for her? Why all the vitriol for Sarah Palin that's acceptable to call her a bimbo and an airhead and a lightweight? Hillary Clinton? It's just a different standard enforced by a new set of social media mores. Your phone calls coming up next. This is the Dan O'Donnell Show. Still 11 minutes. If Belling can get back-to-back winners, Dan O'Donnell can get back-to-back winners. We had one at uh, 9 o'clock. Elizabeth, listening in River Falls, won $1,000 instantly in the Spring Green Cash Contest. Belling, I've never seen anything like that. Back-to-back. The same show. God, we have 850 radio stations in this company. and that's how That is how powerful Mark Belling's signal is. I shouldn't say signal. That's how powerful Mark Belling is. But it is a testament. Armin, you're absolutely right. It's a testament to how great our listeners are, that you hang on our every word. Well, you hang on Belling's every word. I'm tied with him, though. I'm telling you, unofficial competition between the hosts. Jay has three winners now. Belling and I have two. Vicky's got one. It's kind of not fair because Jay... Belling and I each get to play the game twice per show. Vicky only gets it once. So she should get like a, a handicap, like in golf, you know? Same thing with Rush Limbaugh. Rush hasn't gotten a winner yet. I'm assuming, seeing as he's on like 400 of our radio stations, uh, he's probably got a couple of winners across the country. But I want you to win. Text the word BILLS to 200-200 before 11 o'clock jeff in menominee falls you're on wisn talking about the social media mob and its impact on culture Dan, thank you for taking my call um just a couple quick points i'll get through them quickly um number one uh in my philosophy class in college you know i learned about these useful idiots and yes. i look around and i see the you know the mobs not only literal mobs in the streets but also on the internet and i can only imagine that's what they meant and you're absolutely right mm-hmm. they're being weaponized yep you know, they're being just sort of uh, strung along by these politicians and used, you know. To, and, and, and that's the and, thing. You know, Jeff, when I talk about liberals, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I, I'm going to let you finish. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I sound like Kanye. Uh, I'm going to let you finish. But w- when I talk about the left, when I talk about the institutional left, you have to know there are there are two different types. And I, I hesitate to call them useful idiots, although that is absolutely what they are. It's just like the 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 communists back in the day most people who subscribe to liberalism as an ideology are good people they're self-centered people typically but they want to do good and they believe they truly believe that the democrats the institutional left the media the the uh behind the scenes players like podesta and and valerie jarrett and all of these these head honchos, these organizers, they truly believe that they're a force for good and that Republicans, they've been brainwashed to believe that Republicans are evil. That's the big difference. They don't think, Jeff, that someone like me is wrong or stupid. They think I'm evil. They think you're evil. They think you're racist. They think you're sexist. They think you hate people based on, you know, the color of their skin or their gender, or their socioeconomic status. And that's something that I think it's foreign to people. The vast majority of people don't 
necessarily think like that. They just sort of follow along. But keep going, Jeff. You're making a great point. Yeah, and just along that line, I totally agree. And the uh, uh, earlier caller sort of re- uh, referenced to it or alluded to it that uh, because this mob is so frenzied and because they're so vociferous and so noisy uh, in the in public and on the internet, it gives the illusion of like mainstream thought. Because you know conservatives typically just want to live their life and go about their business. Yeah. So the, the, all the noise is being made by the left. So it's you know, it gives the illusion that this is the right. this is the orthodox. Yes. And then the last point I'll just make is um, uh, to your point that you know they think we're evil. The scary part about this mob thing is that because of that underlying assumption that we're evil, it justifies yep. the painted thing. It justifies right? it justifies bullying. It justifies targeting. It justifies any manner of opposition. Joe in Franklin is probably smarter than all of us. Joe, you're on WISN. How's it going, Dan? How are you doing today? Why, why do I think you're smarter than everybody? Because you don't I have what? Have nothing, yes. <laughs> I had a Facebook probably about five years ago. Sure. And uh, got into uh, a situation where someone just started tagging me on a bunch of stuff. That wasn't really well, had to do anything with me. Welcome to my world. Anytime, anytime somebody posts something conservative-related, chances are I get tagged. Or if there's a Republican Party event, I get invited to it. But keep going, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I just deleted it and decided to stay out. Plus, I mean, I got kids, so I decided that I didn't really want to throw pictures of my kids up there. Probably smart as well. I, I'm sorry, Joe. we got to let you go just because we're running out of time. Um <laughs> There is something to that. However, I will say this for Facebook. You can keep in touch with people who you otherwise would not be able to. Like, I know what's going on with friends who now live in Florida, people from high school I haven't talked to in years, so it does have a value. 1054 News Talk, 1130 WISN. 1059, this is the Dan O'Donnell Show. You know where my wife was this morning? Mander Collision. She's been asking me to take her car there for at least a week, and she got to go. She's going to have it detailed, get it back later today. ManderCollision.com is where you should go. Send them a picture of your damage. They'll get back to you with a quote. It's a full-service collision and glass repair center, and they can do express repairs, get things done quickly and affordably. ManderCollision.com. Got to give tickets away to Zootastic. Let's take caller number 21, lucky number 21, right now, 799-1130-1800-838-9476 for a four-pack of tickets to Zootastic at the Milwaukee County Zoo on Friday, April 28th. Good luck. You've been listening to the Dan O'Donnell Show back at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.